On this episode, I sit down and have a glass of wine with Fund Loan's very own Shane Coulson. Why the wine, you may ask? In addition to being a high-producing account executive, Shane is also a sommelier. And for those of you who are not familiar with the term, a sommelier is a wine expert. From his previous employments at five-star hotels, Shane brings a sense of hospitality to his brokers. And we speak about what makes a five-star lender and how to gain more million-dollar referral business by showing you care. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. How's it going, John? Good. So what are we drinking here? We have a 2014 Etude Pinot Noir from Carneros. So we're drinking wine today on the podcast because our uh, guest here, Shane, is an actual psalm. For those of you who do not know what that is, it's a wine expert. Um, That was what you did before you came to work at Fund Loans, right? Correct. Yeah, so... Tell us about that journey. What, why, uh, why'd you, why'd you leave the Psalm business? Are you still in it? Um, actively I would say no. Um, but I mean, it's something that you carry with you and it's a, it's kind of like a knowledge base that, that you always have. Right. Um, yeah, I, I was working with a luxury hotel, um, chain, mm-hmm. um, four seasons. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's a great um, hotel. Yeah. So I worked for the Four Seasons and um, was in management and as kind of like an accolade or something that helps you get promoted, that was something that I was passionate about. And um, yeah, in March of 2013, I got my level one in San Francisco. Nice. Um, So did they say like, uh, we'll give you a raise if you get your SOM license or whatever? It's Um, It's not. It doesn't work exactly like that. But it's something that shows that your level of engagement or you're passionate about like what you're doing, um, you know, like a lot like of going the extra mile. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Well, that and then when you're talking with guests, you know, the, like they have this wine list of like 500 bottles and it can be pretty daunting <clears throat> to be able to, you know, intelligently kind of steer them or people get pretty serious about wine. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want your your low end. You know, if, if someone's talking to a psalm, they're not going to be asking for a, you know, bottle of, you know, what's a, what's a good one? Um, Barefoot. They're not going to be asking for a, a bottle of uh, God, Boone's Farm. That's what I was looking for. Boone's Farm. There you go. They're not going to be looking for a bottle of Boone's Farm. Right? That's right. I've never been asked that. <laughs> this is good. This is a good wine. Um, so let's talk about, you know, you just said you kind of your story about becoming a Psalm. So, um, you know, if you're at a Olive Garden or a TGIF, uh, you're not going to need, you're not going to need a Psalm. But uh, if you're at a Fleming's or a Morton's Steakhouse or a Bruce Chris, you're going to, you know, you might ask for a Psalm, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what would what would you say is uh, is a good reason? Is a pairing? Is it there's there's reasons why people ask them. It's not just you know like what 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 is a good reason why someone would ask for a psalm? Well, I mean, for financial reasons, like you're you're spending potentially a couple hundred dollars, maybe even more depending on the bottle. Um, 
you want to make sure that what you're having with your wine is going to balance out. What was the most expensive bottle you've you've seen purchased? Um, it would probably be like an old, old world like like a Bordeaux um, in San How Francisco. Old, How old? Um, like the eighties, like eighty eight or something like that, mm-hmm. like a Chateau Margaux or something. Um, it, when you're trying to get your Somme license, did what was like the oldest wine you had tasted? Like prior to that, or like during your your testing and all that, right? Don't, don't they? During your during your testing, they they actually they they bring out um, like I think you ch- you taste twenty seven wines in like a two day period, and <clears throat> you you're always tasting like really indicative wines to the regions and the vintages and stuff like that. So they're not really taking you like super, super old. They'll, they'll give you some older wines that you can see, um, like the color differentiation between Mm -hmm. a newer wine and older wine, stuff like that. But they're not going to give you just, um, you know, 30 plus year old bottles. Right. Uh, Right. (laughs) Have you ever had a really, really old wine? What's the oldest you've ever had? Um, and, uh, I had a, I want to say it was a 96 Domaine Romani Conti. Was it good? It was really good. It was different than anything I've ever had, obviously, because, you know, you don't just get to have one like that on a regular day. And how much would that bottle cost? I mean, we'd have to look it up, but... I'm I'm sure it'd probably be like sixteen hundred bucks or something. That's good. Yeah. That's I mean, good. Uh, what's the most expensive wine you've ever had? I mean, you had a pretty pricey wine one time. It's I would probably the Domaine Romani Conti, DRC for short. So the most expensive wine. I mean, I don't even know the cost of it, but the uh, oldest bottle of wine I've ever had was a nineteen sixty two Latour. Okay. And it was Bordeaux? very unfortunate time of, of my life that I had to drink it. It was, um, unfortunately my mom, not my mom, my wife's mother passed away. And so we were at a, <clears throat> a very close relatives, uh, well relative, we were at a really close, um, friend's house and they have a really nice wine cellar. So we went down and he just picked it. He's like, pick anything. And we just picked that out. And he was like, gladly we'll let you open that. And we opened it and my brother-in-law is, is really into wine too. So he way more than I would, I would have picked some Mayo me or something, something like, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I do appreciate wine, but I don't have the same kind of understanding of, you know, the, the, I, I, I can taste the difference, you know, when it's old or when it's really high quality, but, but to study it and to really understand it, like it takes a lot of, a lot of effort and have a good palate. And, but, um, that was a really good wine. Yeah, I'm sure. It was incredible. Uh, was the color unlike anything that you've ever yeah, seen? It was so different. Yeah. So different, right? It was yeah. so smooth. It was so earthy and smooth and just, it's so funny how people pick like the different, you know, terms, uh, you know, shoe sole or like, you know, tire. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's all kinds of terms people. So let's Tennis talk ball. about mortgages. So, okay. you know, we were talking about TGIF and, uh, you know, I know that you, you now are doing mortgages and you're, you're completely, um, this is your focus. You've been doing it how long now in, um, in, as a wholesale rep? Just about a year. So awesome. I'm, I'm about 11 months in. 
what what similarities are you seeing from being a psalm to being a account executive for a non-QM jumbo lender like us? So, <clears throat> like, when I'm talking to a broker, um, it, so when I when I first started in my role, I'd say there's a few things that like was instantly relatable, but um, you know you're you're really so as a psalm you're educating your client sometimes or you know guests or whatever mm-hmm. you whatever we want to call them um so sometimes you know they they may say uh you know it's a it's a celebration i don't know anything about wine you know what do you recommend right and so you know i would say like well what do you usually drink at home like what's you know what are you thinking about having for dinner you know what i mean so you just have these kind of this set of questions um so it's kind of the same thing with a with a loan officer or broker you're like you're trying well, to find the end goal of what they're looking yeah, for yeah exactly and, like yeah. what um you know what is this person trying to achieve do you originate non-qm a whole lot like what do you know about bank statement loans you know what i mean like you can kind of get some probing questions um and then have follow-up questions after that that kind of it it's kind of like for me like ordering a martini like there's like okay do you want up or on the rocks do you want olives or twists like there's like right. all these different paths you have so many options that, that you could non-qm has so many options actually yeah it's not like fanny freddy where you're just do you exactly check does it check the box eligible yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we're we're talking um you, you know every single day or even week i would say we we see different scenarios that i've never seen and i've been doing this 21 plus years and i still get scenarios and get crazy exception request questions that i've never heard before and that's that's very interesting because we want to make you know we want to do these loans we we think there are most of them not all of them not not i wouldn't even say most but half of them or more are good, really great loans that we look at. Like they make sense. They're not, I mean, they're lower LTVs. They're good, you know, good credit. I wouldn't say the FICO is like 780 necessarily, but the credit itself is good. You know, credits, the credit system FICO is flawed. I think we can all say, uh, we agree with that because, you know, you look at someone who makes a million dollars a year and they missed one $30 payment on their, you know, city card or whatever, or they missed their Bentley payment. I've had that happen. And <laughs> not, not to me, I don't have a Bentley, but <laughs> yet. Like, is there no, something you're not telling me, John? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and then their FICO is 640 and, you know, right. they missed a $40 payment or $30 payment. And, you know, some college grad who's, you know, not even working, but had three, you know, credit cards, and you know, not not really using them, but they've paid them down or whatever. You know, could have a seven forty. It's it's just it's silly. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a weird. So um, so yeah, I totally get that. Like you are you're asking questions, you're you're analyzing the the deal, and then you're relating that to kind of our products. Like you've got to actually go into your brain where you've stored information about what type of products we have and what you know how this loan could potentially fit into our product selection. Yeah, and so then, it's kind of like a flowchart almost. Right. If you you know what I mean. Right. Like one of those. So you have a pretty good memory, I imagine. I, I don't feel like I do, but 
it's, but I feel it's, like it's I'm, getting I'm, worse as you get older. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But you kind of have to have a good, at least for products or for yeah for wines and right. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, so for me, repetition is what saves me. Like mm-hmm. when I, you know, I price out a ton of scenarios. So after about eight times of beating my head into the wall and looking at you know six twenty FICO and seeing if we can you know, do 90 LTV. I finally am like, okay, we can't do that. Right. <laughs> no, we can't do hundred percent stated any, anymore. It doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's people try to bring that back. You know, like I see these emails, uh, I'm not going to name names, but, uh, with a big sunrise sunset, you know, sun, sunshine flyer. And it says stated income on owner occupied beware. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are, are trying to do that. I know that, uh, that uh, that's 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 somewhere out there but so um non-qm as we know is complex kind of like a complex wine there's a lot to them but um you're seeing a lot of deals right come across your your email your desk your phone what are some scenarios that you know some that stand out some of some of the kind of unique deals that you're seeing that you think you could share with our audience um so kind of make it not non-qm or special so the one that kind of sticks out the most is one that I've most recently funded. Um, gentleman uh, was the borrower, I should say. Um, you know, very wealthy, had uh, ownership in about probably five to seven companies, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Um, you know, and not, it's not like he was... That guy's not busy or anything. No, <laughs> he was super busy. And like three different states too. Like wow. he was, he was traveling a lot. Like, in fact, you know how like the, the running joke is like when you're in the middle of buying a house, like you should buy a car or like you should like open up a credit card, right? Yeah. Like, or you shouldn't. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. like everybody, I feel or like go on vacation. There's always so this someone... guy. So this, this guy went on vacation in the middle of his home purchase. Why but, do borrowers know. always go on vacation they when they're doing a loan? It's, I, I don't know how many times I've heard. Oh, we got to get the docs out that they're leaving for Europe and they're not going to yeah. be able to sign. That that happens like almost every deal. Yeah. It's, it's just bizarre. So anyway, so that specific scenario was, um, you know, had a, had a ton of, uh, you know, had ownership in a ton of companies, very busy, um, and was just smart with his taxes. Um, so I mean, aside from that, it you know, he's a clean borrower, good FICO, everything was lining up and probably. You know, he, he could have gone somewhere else, but, you know, in his mind, it was worth it for him to write things off on his taxes mm-hmm. and pay a little bit more on his... You mean it's worth it to save money on taxes? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how, how big was, was the loan? Um, this one um, was, it was like 525 Okay. Yeah. Was it a second home or investment or? No, it was a primary okay. actually. So he, um, yeah, the, the, it was a Florida, Florida deal, Florida deal. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a primary. Um, you know, I, sometimes I get a lot of, uh, backstory like from the, from the broker, but mm-hmm. you know, I didn't. You just know it was, the guy had a lot of businesses. He yep. had, um, how was this? You said good credit. Good credit. Yeah. I know that like one of the, so like I was saying, he had, um, operations in like three different States. So we had to, um, wait, did he have five tax returns? 
Um, or five different bank accounts? No. Uh, you, you Did you do personal bank statements? We did personal, yes. So all the different deposits from the different companies were in yeah, there. Yeah, you yeah. had to go through all that. Yeah, yeah so we, yeah, we... Yeah, we had a, a ton of different incoming like incoming sources that we had to like sort out. We had to um, also kind of show that the businesses weren't going to be damaged from not being in state. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those were just some things that we had to work around. Um, but the, I mean, overall, the deal made sense. Everything. You know how like when sometimes you're like asking these probing questions and you start the loan officer starts to like I don't know like kind of dance around things and you can kind of tell that something's up like there shifty was, there, getting yeah, a little was, shifty yeah there was none of shucking that shucking and jiving every <laughs> every time I asked the question he was just like no this is this is what's going on and I'll get that to you you okay. know what I mean so it was it was a clean deal it was a good deal so that's good yeah um, I'm trying to think if there's anything or any other ones recently. Um, I had, I mean, obviously some of ours are just like loan amount, you know, is, is just really high. Like I had like a 1.537, mm-hmm. um, and self-employed borrower, um, had a hard money, uh, loan we needed to refire. Um, and so that, this was actually one of those moments, kind of like the Psalm thing that we were talking about, mm-hmm. the the loan officer was like, Hey, you know, can, let's walk through this. You know, should we do this as cash out? Is this going to make sense? Is this better? We ended up doing it as a rate and term, having, bringing the LTV down, having a, a lower rate, um, which was more important than the cash out that she would have received if she had the higher rate. Um, that one we had a couple of minor exceptions on. There wasn't like anything. Um, she was a, she was a, Yes, that's it. We can always delete or um, edit. Yeah, we can always edit. She was a a real estate um, investor. And so, um, you know, there was some, some like joint ventures that she had. And um, there was. Just complex income, right? Income coming from different sources. Uh, The only kind of income that we can't do is just really large. Un, you know, unidentified cash deposits. Like yeah. you, you could think, well, this could be from Al Qaeda or from ISIS, or this could be from, yeah. from, you know, a cartel or something like that. That's, that's really the only kind of complex income that we can't do. I would say, I mean, yeah. a lot of times we do have some deals where they're cash. They have um, a lot of cash deposits deposits, but those cash deposits are regular, you know, they're, they're common for their type of business. Like they, you know, there's reasons for that, right? There's still people out there, you know, collecting cash. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a a file right now. They, um, it's a smaller loan amount, but the, um, the borrowers own like a gas station in Delhi, um, and primarily running cash. And so that they, we just see these deposits, um, each day. So you can tell, like they clean out the till at the end of the day and go, right. I mean, we're ever yeah, is, yeah. As long as it's in line, as long as it makes the sense. CPA has to sometimes say this is, you know, normal for their business. And yeah, so we've yeah, done no, those. We have a CPA letter on that one. So, but have you ever done a loan for a Psalm or another Psalm? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not, not that I'm aware of. Not I mean, yet. 
possibly the, you know, one of the things about being a Psalm is that they, they teach you in, in all the classes and seminars and tastings and things is they want you to be, uh, they, humility, like they don't, they don't ever want you to, you're not out there bragging that you're a yeah, Psalm. Some people do though. Don't, oh, don't sure. get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> you just kind of keep it low key. Yeah. That's good. Nobody likes a bragger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where, so you, you have a lot of brokers that you call on daily and, and what, what, what would you say to, to someone who's listening? Who's like, gosh, I really want to start getting into non QM. I want to get more non QM deals. I know that's the hot thing right now. There's, you know, that obviously refis are gone as far as like the lowering your interest rate, low hanging fruit. We're talking about wine fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, what like where what type of borrowers are you seeing like where are these where are these borrowers at what what are you seeing out there like what tell me a little bit about kind of what your brokers are doing to get this business because you're busy I can yeah. tell um I would say the majority of them um there there's lately it seems like there's a lot of uh cash out refis or or refis foreign nationals I know that we it's not something that, I mean, it's definitely something that we can do and we're comfortable with, but we're not like, that's not like our laser focused passion, but I, yeah, I we're feel not like in Miami, we don't have a big office in Miami where like, yeah. you know, all the, all the clients are coming in that are, yeah, are but from, I've, I feel like that has been, we've been seeing a lot of that lately and more investment, national. yeah, investment, um, foreign national, um, where would you find a foreign national borrower, though, do you think? Four seasons, probably? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, traveling abroad. So when you were a Psalm, like, when you were in these restaurants in the Four Seasons, how how often was it that there were people traveling from different countries? Oh, I mean, the the restaurants were in a hotel. I yeah. mean, so I, the restaurant that I managed was MKT. It was at 757 Market Street in the middle of the financial district in San Francisco. So... I mean, you would see celebrities on a daily basis, um, owners of companies that were right in that area mm-hmm. coming for lunch. Um, yeah, f- foreign national, like international travelers coming in for business. So it's probably safe to say if you went to the Four Seasons bar and you started drinking some nice wine and struck up a conversation with someone at the bar, there's a chance it could have been a foreign national or they could be, they're obviously spending a lot of money at that, you know, staying at the hotel. Yeah. So chances are that they might, you know, you just got to get out there. If you want to do this kind of business, you've got to get out there. You got to give your card, you got to bring cards in your pocket. You have to be curious. You got to be curious. You got to have, you know, talk a little bit, ask questions. Right. And, and, and there's, the, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people out there that are getting business from sitting at a bar at, at Four Seasons. Yeah, I'm sure. I challenge anyone who's listening to this to get a loan from a bar. I will waive all the lender fees on a deal like that if you if you let us know that you got it from doing that. That's a good challenge. It's a good deal. Waive all our lender fees. <laughs> um, what other uh, types of borrowers are you seeing? I mean, self-employed. Any grapes? Like, na- not grapes. <laughs> Any grapes? <laughs> in Napa. Like, I know we've seen some deals um, in Napa. Have you seen seen any deals in Napa? Yeah. Like, any um, kind of... The acreage sometimes is tough. Comps are tough, um, depending... But we do acreage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in... If you uh, didn't know that, we do it. <laughs> um, 
as far as uh you know income producing though like right. if if you're up there and and the property has some has some uh vineyards on it it might be a little tough but yeah you wouldn't want to submit a loan that was like the opus winery yeah and that's the property that we're trying to lend on right but the owner of the opus winery yeah i'm sure he has a cool house <laughs> um cool so what 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 would you say is the biggest thing you've learned in the last year about non-qm that you know are you excited about non-qm what, what's what's the biggest thing you've learned and what's the thing biggest thing you're excited about i mean um so for me i I feel like we are the cool kids at school. Um, and I'm I like... We're not the TGI Fridays. No. We're like the Flemings. Yeah. And or Four like, Seasons, maybe. We, and we do things that others can't. So I feel like... Like I've talked to other um, wholesale AEs that are kind of in the conforming space. And, um, you know, they, they, they have a completely different kind of job I feel like like mine is so how so um well I mean this is my opinion so I mean I don't even yeah no I like that sounds um, I, I concur but what like what, tell so me I, I feel like <laughs> uh wholesale is um like in the conforming world it's it's all about like volume and they probably don't have as much personal touch on their files right um it's just kind of in you know you make sure to be there for the broker for the initial upload, make sure to introduce the processors. You just kind of, you're checking boxes along the way. And then at a certain point, it's just kind of like, all right, let us know when it comes out the other side, I feel like. And for, for yeah. me, it, it like, I want to be copied on everything. I want to be like, I want to be in the know. Mm -hmm. So the moment anything's happening on my file at right. all, like, and my phone rings, I already know what's going to happen you know, or I already know like what's happening when I pick up that call right. type of thing. And so you're, you're definitely like a more of like a Psalm, like someone who's really giving your attention, your time, your effort, your, your, your paying, you know, you're, you're, you're really making this file or these files like your own, you take, you you care, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a different deal. Like my, when I was doing agency, it's, it's like, I never could get a hold of my reps. They're always on vacation. They're never involved. It was like, I had to talk to someone else. Like, you know, occasionally you, you have your reps sell. So you, you know, you bug them, but I mean, agency is so different from non-QM. Non-QM, you have to actually roll up your sleeves, especially as an AE, you got to roll up your sleeves. You got to work hard, uh, to get these deals done. Cause they're, they're complex. They're, they're challenging. And, and, and I think the biggest key is learning how to submit the loan correctly. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. It's like getting a, you know, if you're at four seasons and you're trying to get someone's or you got to get their order, right? Yep. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but like I've had bad service at, at restaurants, but you know, we, we do, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with the fact that, you know, fund loans, we try to, we put all of our effort in service, but we are trying to make sure that, that someone has a great experience in non-QM because as a, as an originator, I've experienced the, I'm not going to name names, but the the service levels of other non-QM lenders and it's not good. Just like if you go to a bad restaurant, you go to, or you taste a bad bottle of wine or you, you get a bad recommendation. This is different. We are 
the like I agree like that's what our mission is that's what we're trying to do so that it doesn't surprise me that you say that that's the um, the golden rule right yeah treat others as you want to be treated right like how would how would you want your father's loan or your mother's loan to go you know what I mean or yeah. how like what what level of service would you want to give them it helps that they're big loans you know because <laughs> like I mean not to say that we're not going to take a smaller loan. We don't take loans that are too small, but we like every loan that comes in the door. But I mean, we do end up getting, I think our average loan amounts a million. So we, we do take extra special care on every single loan that we get. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying with the, uh, with the file submission up front, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's all about packaging, how responsive, um, your loan officer is, that you're working with right. and then also the the relationship that, that loan officer has built with their client um i can feel um it's not it's not like something that i can quantify but i can feel when i talk to a loan officer and he's got a good relationship with his borrower i, I just it's just like a feeling that you have you're just like this guy's taking care of it he gets you the stuff that you need quickly you know what i mean there's like there's not this like I'm nervous to talk to them type of thing. You know what I mean? Well, I think if you're dealing with these jumbo type of loans too, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a different caliber of loan officer. I think you're, you're not just the run of the mill, you know, person that's just out there doing every single small loan that you can. I mean, you're, you're dealing with financial planners, wealth advisors, CPAs, you know, you're dealing with, you're more, you know, high-end borrowers. So there's going to be an element of, you know, professionalism, I think, maybe a higher level of professionalism. If you do a lot of jumbo loans, you got to be very professional or they will not deal with you. They will, they will, they will, they'll just go to the next guy, next girl. How important is, is a good processor? Um, so I, I think the processor <laughs> is everything. I also feel like some of the some of the loans that I've had so I, I've had like a whole spectrum to where I've had the loan officer who brings in the file hands it off to the processor I don't talk to the loan officer until maybe like the end I've also had where there's like a team on it like it feels like there's maybe two or three people processing it the loan officer is kind of like the point person and he's like delegating it um, I've had loan officers um loan officers brokers who from start to finish take it um take it to the finish line right you know what i mean like yeah. just like the, i don't talk to anybody else and maybe they have a processor that's helping them out but um have but you ever I, recommended a processor to a broker yeah like a contract I, process yeah but i had i had a um a local file going on um, from a, it was the subject property was here in San Diego and I had another file up in Orange County and it was a, the $3 million deal. And this other one, it was like, I don't know, five fifty or something. It was a lower loan amount, um, for us, but, mm-hmm. um, it, it had gone really smooth. I'd really enjoyed working with the processor and I had, I had recommended, um, the two of them. Um, I've, yeah, I mean, Brian and I have, have uh, kind of recommended processors. I feel like... Um, I mean, you can make or break a file. Oh, a absolutely. Good pro- someone who knows non-QM too, it makes a huge difference, right? I feel like like if there was a way 
to talk to processors the way that I'm able to talk to brokers. Like mm-hmm. there was like some sort of database or something where I could reach out to processors too. I feel like processors, they're on the front lines of what submitting a file feels like what that companies or that lenders. bad service right yeah it's like like, yeah. like they're not able to get the answers that they want like i'll pick up my phone at 9 30 at night on a tuesday or a friday doesn't yeah. matter like i like i'm just like you know if if you know I've, i have a, a loan officer right now in hawaii and i have one in florida so i have what two hours behind and three hours forward and mm-hmm. like i i'm just you got to be that way and um so anyway so i feel like processors feel that and so if you can impress the processor they're going they're going to steer the loan officer and say hey we should go with these guys again it was really smooth um the the loan officer that i have that brings the most repeat business um every friday <laughs> kind of embarrassed to say this but every Friday we, we call each other even if we don't have a loan and we just say happy Friday and we just like That's just cool. like chat for a minute and just kind of you talk know, about business and just talk about life or whatever yeah just you know just catch up like hey what's going on happy Friday you know do you have anything no still not you know or if she does you know yeah we're working on that or but it's like our little ritual on Fridays That's cool yeah I mean uh, it's you gotta have relationships. I mean, I think this business is built on relationships and, you know, referral sources and just, it's like they always say who you know and who knows you. It's, it's, you know, it's just part of this business. So, um, what, one, uh, thing that we can leave everyone with here is like, um, you know, flexibility, I think like, no, you know, coming from the, the world of four seasons and all that, like you, it's really customers first. It's, it's clients and customers first. That's the mentality. It's, there's some rules. I think every four seasons um, employee has to keep something in their pocket, right? It's like a, the list of the seven things or what is it? The, um, well, you have your service standards, but there's also like culture standards. Culture, right? And so yeah. you have to make that person feel what? Like the, the, the guest. They have to feel like they're... Yeah. Um, it's the like treat others as you want to be treated. Yeah. It's the golden rule. And, and so... At Fun Loans, would you say that, like, as far as our service goes, like, what are we flexible? Like, our our exceptions, like, what what do you see? You know, how we work as a company. How, how do you see like us, you know, acting and yeah, like, we exceptions are, and we are service. the top of the top, in my opinion, um, as far as providing service, being flexible. Um, basically, if if you if you have something that is concerning on your file or in the process or whatever, and you, you bring us, bring it to us, we're, we're going to do something about it. We're not going to just say, well, sorry, that's how we've always done it. Or yeah. I mean, and it, you know, I've had a a couple of scenarios come across my desk where I'm like, wow, I, I really, I don't know about this. And I'm kind of, you know, like honest with the loan officer, but I'm like, you know what, what's the worst that could happen? We, you know, I, I bring it to my scenario desk. It gets reviewed, you know, by upper management and, you know, they, they say, no, I mean, let's, let's at least do it. And let's give it a chance. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's worked. So, I mean, you know, it, we, we look at the complete picture, you know, it's not like, 
it makes sense lending, right? It's, yeah, we're not we're not just checking boxes like like we were saying before, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and with all that, you know, we get we get people that ask us for you know price concessions all the time, and you know we're never going to be the cheapest you know, on the block, just like we're not the TGIF. We're not going to give you a, a filet mignon for nineteen ninety nine. you know, or probably nine ninety nine. Right. you know, like, but, but the same time we want to be competitive, but at the same time, you know, service, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And you've probably found that to be true working at really nice places. Absolutely. You get what you pay for and you want customer satisfaction to be one of the top things that, you know, that's what we're going for as a company is customer satisfaction. Not, we have the cheapest rates on the planet. You know, we're going for, we want clients for life. We want people to come back. We want them to have a good experience. We're in it for the long haul. We're not trying to just buy the market, you know. And I think, you know, from what I've seen too is, is brokers that are out there, um, you know, we take the time to teach them how to do non-QM. Like if you've seen our videos and right and like you'll take time out of your day, like I've like you just said, like on a Friday, to talk to your brokers to educate them on what you know what we need to do to get the deal done or you know whatever. Like we're, we're here, we're committed. And um, what else can you can you say um, to leave our our listeners here with anything? Any golden nuggets? Um, I think that we are like okay, so like we've thrown. Nobody likes a bragger. What? I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I was just bragging, so I'm just. I'm kidding. So I feel like we've thrown around some names. So like Four Seasons, like service wise, you know, if you've ever shopped at Nordstrom, that feeling that you get right at at a Nordstrom, that service, right? Um, and they're they're really sorry. Side note. Yeah. At Nordstrom, they're really like intuitive. They'll like um, they can kind of gauge off of whether you want interaction or not. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I love that. Like, I love yeah. that. Like people get, get you, you know what I mean? So anyway, well, it's using common sense too. Right? Yeah. It's like, so we, we are that in the wholesale lending mortgage bank world. Non-QM. Non-QM. <laughs> in the- <laughs> I hate that name too. Don't you? What, non-QM? Non-QM. What's so funny and not to name names, but I've seen like, People advertising something that says Nan. Have you seen this? Nan, Nan Q? Q. Yeah. What does that mean? Is that it's like someone like accidentally spelled it wrong? <laughs> or so they something? forgot they they forgot to tell them. I don't know. I don't know. Paying attention is important, right? Details. Um, On jumbo loans, non-QM details are crucial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a most people who do a, do jumbo loans. They're paid on BIPs, and they make a lot of money on on a jumbo loan <coughs> so being so being the psalm that you are and uh someone who worked at four seasons what else can you say about you know good experiences versus bad experiences and and how the non-qm market and kind of you know yeah. us as a wholesale lender so imagine uh like being at a four seasons restaurant let's say and you order um a steak and you, but you, you've studied the menu. You've done your, you know, due diligence, due diligence ahead of time. You've <laughs> on researched. that menu. You really know what you're spending money on that menu yeah. and what you're going to eat. And so you you're want, doing the due diligence. You want to make sure your meal is good. It's the best. And you really want the snow pea 
risotto that came on the lamb, but you really want the parsnips that came with the steak setup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Make me you want, that you want that perfect combination in whatever in your mind that that's what you had set and before you even came into the restaurant. Right. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, most places, um, like you like saying chilies or TJ Fridays or something. <laughs> they might say no. Denny's, sorry. Den- Lenny's, Denny's, Denny's. No substitutions, right? We can't do that. Sorry, sorry can't. Do, yep, it's gonna cost um, more. Or you, yeah, you'd have to. Guac is extra. Yeah, or <laughs> or but you're gonna have to buy both or whatever. Um, no, they, they, you know, there, there's like a a thing, you know, like you don't say no to anything you know if it if it's just not available you give options but so i would say we're kind of the same way we're we're never going to say no flat out um to something we'll say let's take a look at it or hey we're not going to be able to look at it that way but maybe we can decrease the loan amount or we can increase the ltv or we can you know flip programs and maybe look at it with a different doc type and yeah you might have to pay a little bit higher in rate but we'll get it done for you you know what i mean like we we I'm figure huge out huge on that like you i would hate you know as a as an originator myself as a ceo i, I tell my underwriters when we have these manager meetings I'm, I'm like do not do a denial do a counter yeah because yeah. as an originator you don't want to get a denial you want because because we don't know Right. As a as a as an underwriter, as a company, we don't know if that borrower might take a lower LTV or might take a different product. Or sometimes they don't fit. Like we've you know, we've got to at least offer them something. Sometimes I get in this loop where I just think that everybody's rate sensitive too. Right. Like I just think like I'm in non QM, our rates tend to be a little bit higher because we're doing alternative documentation or we're doing these really large loan amounts. Um, and I just think, you know, oh my gosh, like their appraisal didn't come in and they're just never going to go for it. And really the borrower just wants to get into the house. This is a five-year plan for them and they're totally fine with it. And and it makes sense after you like look at their 1003, their income or whatever, you're like, yeah, of course, why? Why would they care about an They're extra D- eight? DTI is still under thirty. You're like, <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah. They just want to buy this house. And the, the you know big bank said no, yeah. and we're gonna do it. And it's not a lo- It's not forever. They're not stuck in the loan forever. Yeah, <clears throat> it's good. Good. Good analogy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you know, there's all kinds of parallels we can make to you know the the really the people who get it. Like, I don't know if all of our listeners have been to a Four Seasons. You know, I, that's that's not very common but i would recommend if you know i'm not getting paid we don't have any deals with the four seasons but you know go there and see the difference like you you can act and actually you can take something from that and give it to your clients like you can actually take um you know the mentality that they have and you can use that mentality with your borrowers on, on on how they care about you and how they you know how they treat you and not that i'm saying go go stay there but just you can go and walk into a four seasons yeah. for free right you can go have a glass of water and get a side of you know avocado toast <laughs> whatever or you know whatever you want but like it, to to experience that you can yeah. see you it know doesn't what the even difference have to be is. that brand just go to, to a luxury yeah establishment where you can tell that they put a ton of effort and energy and thought into the decorations the 
the service, the feeling when you walk in, the smells, right? Like sometimes right. like people it's true. take so much, they take it to like another level um, on the research behind that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, there's so much science between, you know, for all that stuff. I mean, there's reason why gr- grocery stores have all the flowers up front, you know, there's reason why, you know, when you walk in to, to a nice hotel and there's a certain smell or scent you know i just saw something where uh, i think it's abercrombie and fitch you go inside and they have this they're pumping the scent you know into the air and it's like it, it, these people spend so much money to figure this stuff out like the consumer figure out the the you know what people want and you know i think more than anything like what we got to learn is is it takes effort and energy to get business it's not accidental. You're not, nothing's going to fall into your lap. You know, it used to be that way when the refi boom was happening, but today in this day, in this, this time that we're in right now, you're not going to get loans just falling into your lap. You've got to try, you got to put effort. You got to go out there. You got to do the extra, you got to go the extra mile. You got to do the golden rule. You got to treat people. You got to call people back. You know, I mean, we all are human, so we're all you know guilty of, things that we, you know, do wrong. But I mean, I think it, it, you got to match what your, your, your goals are to what you're actually physically doing out there to get that business. And, you know, it's out there. It, it's absolutely there for you if you just go try and, and go for it. So I agree hundred percent. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together.